0: All right, welcome back to the crossover cellist. I'm your host Louis Patzner, and with me today is violist, composer, singer, uh, f- fashion guru Keith Lawrence.
1: Hey, what's going on? What's going on?
0: <laughs> no, I'm chilling. We're just about to have practice, but getting together a little bit early to do a uh, podcast uh, taping, recording. We're not recording to tape, so. I mean, that'd be cool. Though. I'm getting I'm getting hung up on it. It would be so cred.
2: It'd be awesome, <laughs> like real to
0: real. For real? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, I just uh, don't have that tech. It's, it's a little, the technology is a little clunky. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so, Keith, uh, where are you from?
2: I was born and raised in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. The city of bridges. The city of bridges. More bridges per capita than any other city in the country. I think it's a very cool looking town. You know, it has a beautiful skyline. And yeah. nowadays, it's actually come a long way. Um, super progressive, art scene, music scene. Um, there's a lot of history. Um, some good, some bad, but that's everywhere. Um, sure. I, I don't miss it at all. Um, sure. There's some nostalgia to it. Uh, yeah. How long you been in the Bay Area? Funny you say that. Um, next month, March 2nd, will be 11 years
0: that's, that's a pretty good amount of time yeah um, so you and I met uh, I think at the Revolution Cafe we sure did and I remember um, we you were playing with the musical art quintet and uh, you took a solo and I was like okay this guy knows what he's doing and then since then, we played together a bunch of times. Yeah. Uh, Musical Art Quintet, I think, was the first project that we did a lot of together. But since uh, maybe 2017, 16, we've been doing the Cosa Nosa Strings. It's
2: been, it was 2016. Isn't that crazy? It's, it's, it's yeah, three I mean, years. Yeah, it is crazy. Yeah. And
0: Cosa Nosa Strings is, uh, what, subsidiary of... Jazz, jazz mafia. mafia. Jazz Mafia, and uh, it's with Shayna and Adam and Aaron Kerbel. Yourself, uh, myself. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, violin, viola, cello, bass slash trombone. Do you remember
2: how the group got together? I was just thinking about this, because my friend asked me. um we play- w- Doc La- Doc's Lab? Doc Lab? Doc Lab, when Adam wrote that piece. And originally, it was for string quartet with percussion and trombone. Yeah, and right. We had Alyssa Rose playing second violin. Oh yeah. But we did two shows and she couldn't be there for the second night. Oh yeah. Yeah, and then after we didn't have her the second night, I played I had both iPads and I was switching between viola and second violin part. You show off. I like to challenge myself. <laughs> <laughs> um
0: yeah, I remember and we had like a bunch of guest singers. Yeah. Forest Day came and rapped and played saxophone. Yeah. Reminded me of MacGruber.
1: Absolutely. It was pretty dope. Um,
0: yeah, it was. Um, so,
2: you, did you, was viola your first instrument? No. So, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, uh, thank you to um, the person who put a viola in my hand, Mr. Wayne, uh, I'm sorry, excuse me, Dr. Wayne Walters. Um, he was my third grade music teacher and he is Trinidadian, and he had moved to Pittsburgh straight from Trinidad. And, um, I started on clarinet. Oh, yeah. I started on clarinet when I was eight and my best friend Sahara played viola and, uh, I grew up uh, not wealthy and uh, her grandmother owned a restaurant and when my parents were working late every Tuesday, um, I would go after school to her grandmother's restaurant and we would act like fools uh, until uh, my parents were able to pick me up after they got off of work. And we would, one thing we would do, would, we'd switch instruments. Yeah. Um and I realized, being the class clown that I was, that I couldn't cut jokes and make people laugh with a clarinet in my mouth. Right. Right. Um, and I was also almost six feet tall in fourth grade. So um, Dang. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my feet grew with my age from when I was six until I was 13. Um, yeah, and in Pittsburgh public schools, uh, I'm not sure if it's still a thing, but at Martin Luther King Elementary School... Uh, In third grade, you had to either be in choir or uh, play an instrument in music class. Mm. And so after I had the clarinet, um, I realized that I wanted to be like my friends. And I also wanted to be able to cut jokes. And so uh, where I grew up, I couldn't play cello because I lived in a semi, well, pretty dangerous neighborhood. So uh, I would get beat up if I had a cello case. Um, And I was already the chubby, awkward dork.
0: So wait, let's address this. Oh, yeah. Beat up for having a cello? What? Cello is so cool.
2: Dot, dot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no. I mean, I guess it
0: depends on the crowd, huh?
2: It depends on the crowd. Um, And gang-ridden neighborhoods, um, not the thing. So, uh... I and the violin was too small. The, the only violins they had were too small and I really wasn't a fan of the sound of the violin. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. And uh, it still looks funny on me when I play I mean, people still think my viola's a violin in my hands because I'm huge. So Yeah, you're a tall guy. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, uh, Wayne Walters, who's now, Dr. Wayne Walters, who's now the superintendent of public schools in Pittsburgh, um, he gave me a viola and he said, here, and uh, nice. the rest has been history. So, when did you start improvising on viola? Let's see. Well, I guess, officially, uh, I did a program called the Henry Mancini Institute in L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, started that when I was the uh, summer after my freshman year of college, and I went there for three summers, which was a month-long, um, full-tuition uh, like. Audition, scholarship, uh, program in L.A. Uh, uh, run by Jenny Mancini, uh, Kelly uh, so, and So a relative of Henry Mancini. His wife. Oh, cool. Yeah. So um, I actually was just looking at a photo this morning of me and Quincy Jones and Herbie Hancock. Oh, dang. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I had some really amazing experiences through that. Uh, the first time I really improvised in terms of like, in a formal setting was at that festival with Miss Lisa Terry, awesome violinist who used to play in the Max Roach ensemble, uh, Maxine Roach with Maxine Roach, uh, Max Roach's daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also Jeremy Cohen, violinist in the Bay Area, who that's how I Inference. met him.
0: <laughs> it's absolutely, no. absolutely.
2: Uh, that's how i moved here actually i thank him because if it wasn't for him i wouldn't have met you guys i wouldn't be here sure yeah, yeah um yeah so uh but before that i mean the way i grew up classical music wasn't really uh relative uh, i had no personal relationship with it mm-hmm. um uh like i said we weren't wealthy so we had a family friend uh named terry Denman, um and she was in pittsburgh and her son her husband chuck she played viola and taught suzuki violin viola cello piano her son barrett played cello and her husband chuck uh was a singer and pianist um and i remember we she was a family friend um through cultural uh situations um and uh when i got a viola uh my mom was like, "Hey, maybe Terry can teach you, and she let me put five dollars in the jar on her piano uh, mm-hmm. every week, and I got to have lessons once or twice a week for five bucks. That's pretty dope. Yeah, it was really dope because that doesn't happen if it wasn't for her, I would not play viola.
0: Wow, yeah um, so' you're, you're also a singer, you know I think we can like I like to sing. Not a sing. sing, you know. Not the same. Not the same. You you like sing like you have recordings of yourself singing, and he, you write songs and you sing cover songs. You're probably a karaoke maniac. Oh my God, I love karaoke.
2: <laughs> <laughs> One of these days, Keith. Oh my God, that's We're how I, that's it. that's how I met my best friend, at karaoke in Chicago. Yeah, do you remember the song? Yeah, you know what's funny is he sang. Uh, Duncan Sheik, I Am Barely Breathing, and that's how we started talking, because I loved that album. Um, and I sang Ordinary People by John Legend, and I'll oh, Be goodness. by Edwin McCain. Dang. Yeah. Um,
0: so, okay, so we've talked about our project, yeah. Costa Nostra Strings, but you have some other non-Costa Nostra projects, right? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, like, what is... Uh, what should we talk about first? I've heard some of, like, DJ collaborations. I've heard some um, singing uh, projects that you have.
2: Yeah, you know, for me, it's... um, I've always... uh, I just like to make music. I like Mm -hmm. to play music, whether it's, like, creating original stuff, or it is just fun. There's nothing... There's no feeling, like... There's no feeling like that, just music going through you. You know, hearing totally. rhythm and harmony and melody and all of that. Um, you know, when I was a kid, my parents used to put me to sleep by wrapping me in a blanket and put me in my favorite little cardboard box, and literally, they would sit me next to the spe- to a speaker. Yeah, like when they were having like parties, and yeah. I would fall asleep listening to Marvin Gaye or Sam Cooke. Um, if my if I couldn't sleep. Uh, my dad would put me in the car and take me for a drive and play music really loud. And between the music and the vibration of the car, I'd be out quick. Um, so yeah, so some of the projects I do... Um, I. Anytime I get to play viola, I'm happy. Um, yeah. Some people ask me like, what's your favorite style of music? Or what's your favorite composer, or artist, piece? And for me, it's literally like, whatever I'm playing at that moment is absolutely my favorite. Whether I'm singing, whether I'm improvising, whether I'm playing classical, jazz, R&B, hip hop, whether it's karaoke, whether it's rock, um, whether it's electronic, um, whether it's in a club, whether I'm dancing, whether I mean, anything. Um, one project I have is called Craft Law. Um, And a very close friend of mine, his name is Keith Craft. He's a DJ and producer, electronic DJ and producer. Um, And uh, Craft being his last name, Lawrence being my last name, um, an old friend came up with the combined Uh name Craft Law. So we do club shows, a lot of after hours, where um, he's DJing and I'm playing electric viola. um, And we've done that for crowds of up to... A thousand people. Um and it's 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 just awesome. It's yeah, I think I've heard it. Um uh, I think you might have maybe heard like a piece of that. Yeah, like on, I listened to it on Spotify. Oh, that one on Spotify is different. That one on Spotify is actually um so a friend of mine, Raymond Jones, mm. he is uh, by trade, it's actually crazy. He uh started a record label called Monologue Records, which is a local label. Um and he has been a friend of mine for years, auxiliary, um, and he is trained jazz drummer uh-huh. like, uh, and, you know, went to school for that as well as like IT and computer science. And we'd always we'd see each other out of clubs and we'd hear each other's music, but we never, ever got to work together. Yeah. And, you know, he always said, like, oh, I'm going to start a record label. And I was like, you know, whatever. Cool. Good for you. ha, huh, great. Great, great, And then one day he called me. He's like, hey, uh, I have this track coming to the studio. And, um, and I was like, what is this for? He's like, uh, I got my record label started. And so the track, which you can check out on Spotify, um, it is called uh, King Kong, and it is under Dr. Jones featuring Keith Law, L-A-W. And it's, it's an eight minute electronic track. And I did all the strings for it, which I think we wound up doing like 37 or 38 tracks of strings. Yeah. But it was cool though. It's really fun. Something I enjoyed it. Yeah. And I, I grew up listening to electronic music and dancing Mm. to electronic music. Um, so honestly that actually almost comes more naturally to me than any other style. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there's, there's my project with Monologue Records with Dr. Yeah. Jones. There's Craft Law. Um, with How do we hear Craft Law? Craft Law, you can go on to Mixcloud mm-hmm. um, and search Craft Law. Um, you K-R- can, K-R-A-F-T-L-A-W. Yeah.
1: Um,
2: you could also probably do a Google search and find, I think we have a demo set. There might be a couple um, videos from some yeah. gigs we did. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then I do some singing stuff. I tour with a friend of mine named Matt Alber, who is a um, well-known uh, uh, gay singer, songwriter. Uh, he used to sing in Chanticleer. He has a beautiful voice. Uh-huh. Yeah, and he does a uh, very singer-songwriter, uh, a mix of pop, uh, jazz, folk, country. Um, and I play with him uh, every, usually every summer, so... Uh, actually, I'm playing with him March 15th at Feinstein's. Sweet. Uh, yeah. Um, that's right. in San Francisco. That's in San Francisco uh, at the Nico Hotel. And that's the day before our Costa Nostra show yeah. on March 16th at uh, the Swedish Hall with the T-Sisters. Um, yeah, let's do the calendar. Yeah, the calendar. Let's we got, see. we got a hell of shows coming up. Oh, my God. We have so many shows. Um, um, let's see. I'm going to plug my my yeah, show. Yeah, plug, which, plug away. I'm not sure if that'll get there because... My, I have a show tomorrow with a new group that I rehearsed with last I'll night. Put this, I could put this up tomorrow. Cool. Yeah, uh, yeah I have a show uh, tomorrow, uh, February 20th, at 9.30 p.m. at the Lost Church with David James oh, and G.P.S. Um, and that's cool. It's a really cool ensemble. It's all of his original stuff. Um, I just rehearsed with them last night. It's really cool. Like some kind of jazz kind of funky stuff. Uh, and the ensemble is uh, clarinet, trombone, viola, guitar, bass, and percussion. Dope. Yeah. Um, except I'm noticing, uh, no cello. No. Hello. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. It's sad. No, that's okay. But,
0: Sometimes it's good for us to just come and watch.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's cool. Um, and so I'm doing that tomorrow. Uh, we have our Blue Note Napa show, February 28th, Costa right. Nostra, featuring Leelon Kane. Yep. Um, and that is February 28th. Then, what is it, March First, which i don't know if it's a public event lake house um, at lake house at golden gate park yeah it's a
0: uh airbnb presents things so i think you go through airbnb or just hit us up you know
2: yeah yeah it's um, not public but you have an in with us oh my god we are always in always <laughs> you know and um so that's march 1st yeah and then march 3rd uh, which is Sunday, we have two shows, Costa Nostra at SF Jazz. Yeah. Six PM, seven thirty PM. Um yeah. and then we have, and then March uh, 15, si- March fifteenth for me, which is the 15, one with yeah. Matt Albert, uh which is Fine Signs at the Nico Hotel. Uh and then Cosa Nostra with the Tea Sisters, March sixteenth. Yes. At Swedish Hall on yes. Market Street over in the Castro. Yeah. Uh, then March 24th. Yes. We are doing Costa Nostra uh, 6 p.m. show at Manny's which is at the corner of 16th and Valencia yeah. in the Mission. I
0: think
2: that's with Lilan as well. That's with Lilan as well. Um, and gosh, I mean, that's that's already and a that's, lot. That's a lot that's already. That's a lot. Uh, and, we have, and we'll do more in the future oh we'll definitely do more we have plenty more coming up um, yeah. I'm sure I'll have some electronic shows coming up but for right now that's what we're that's okay. what we're working I'll try on. to
0: fit this all in uh, on the description um, of the, you know the description of the podcast I'll put send me any links you know websites and stuff absolutely um, so uh, one thing I wanted to touch on is a shared love that we have for oh. the Greek string quartet oh my gosh This is like describe to our listeners what this piece is.
2: Okay, so first I owe my love of the Greek string quartet to a very dear friend of mine who might as well be my brother, uh Eric Schaefer, cellist and crazy man extraordinaire, who I love very dearly. I met him at the Henry Mancini Institute. I've known Mm. him since I was seventeen. And uh he and I used to live together in Chicago. He actually is now living in Modesto. Um and uh he still plays cello and he brought the green quartet and I mean it's so epic. Just yeah. the opening of it. It's just totally. it's just it's just like for me it's kinda like if the Transformers movie could be put into the opening of a string quartet. <laughs> it would totally be Grieg. Yeah, yeah. The only other thing that reminds me of the opening of Grieg is uh, Rachmaninoff. Uh huh. Like that, and yeah, that yeah. intro reminds me. uh That piano concerto intro is the only like other, the way, the form of it, and yeah. just the, Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's just this sound and. Yeah, it's just so epic.
0: I've tried to, like, read it with people, and we get through the first movement, and then those inner movements are tricky. You know, the inner movements are tricky. I feel like there's... You gotta know how they go. You know, you have to know all the twists and turns, how the tempo changes.
2: I feel like it has... I I almost feel like it's kind of like Grieg's foray into pop music. Uh-huh for me that's yeah, why yeah, that's, yeah. Why, I, that's yeah. why I love Folks. it so much, yeah, it's yeah. folksy, but it's also very it's weird I think sometimes when when people make it too academic, it makes it more difficult than it is, yeah, for sure, yeah. But it's a great piece. Yeah. I, and there's actually a recording of that with me playing it with, I forgot, with Eric Schaefer. Um, if you go and search Synergy Chamber Players. Oh, sweet. Um, it is a nonprofit organization that that I'm on the board of that uh, my friend Eric and Joshua Estrada and Nathan Crozier and uh, Chuck Schaefer started. Um a few years ago and it's that, based? that is based in Modesto and Bakersfield, California. Cool. And uh we've been trying to bring it uh to San Francisco. Um and the whole point of it is kind of to bring um cool themed classical concerts um that mix uh classical chamber music with other various small chamber groups we've done um, you know, singers. We've done organ. We've done side by side shows, and they all take place um, in communities that don't necessarily have access to uh, the funding for you know having major symphonies or having concerts that 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 we want it to be accessible for everyone. Yeah. So you know, we've done stuff at. Um, at Chuck Schaefer's church uh, there's a, a Presbyterian church in Modesto um, and we've done many concerts there and it's great because we've actually had uh, you know up to 350 people at a show yeah. um, and we've premiered some pieces we've done uh, pieces uh, with uh, Gallo Yellow um, pieces uh, a new composer who's fantastic and uh, with he has a piece called Sunrise Mass. It's like chamber orchestra and choir.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and so we do these concerts, and there's, uh, yeah, synergy chamber players uh, playing the Greek string quartet. Sweet. You can find that online as well. YouTube? Uh, yeah, YouTube. Sweet. Um,
0: and then another thing, probably, I think this is the last thing before we'll talk about the song we're going to hear, Okay. is uh, I think if... There's anyone who is my style guru? It's you. Uh, the there's actually a picture of me that is uh, like my profile picture for this podcast, and I've been dressed by
2: Keith. Oh wow!
0: I need to and, check that out. So you know, I it's not always on my mind. Yeah. Uh, you know what to wear for a gig. Right. You know, I'm just trying to not screw it up. Yeah. Um, and. I think it's such an asset to the group, and just to me personally, to have somebody who's actually conscious of these things and thinking about it. Um, it. Do you want to talk about like? You, you know, you know I'm going to talk about. With this? I'm going to
2: talk about the first time that you and I had a conversation about 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 clothing, and it was when we were playing the Hillsburg Jazz Fest. Yes, and I. That's re- what I'm talking about. That's yeah. where the pictures from. Yeah, yeah, and I remember that. Um, you know. I brought some stuff and you and I had that moment where it clicked and made sense with you. Yeah. And, you know, so for me growing up, I was actually a really chubby kid. Before I moved here, I was 305 pounds at a 44 inch waist. Um, I was nerdy and dorky and in the neighborhoods where I grew up, um, you know, I really had to kind of work extra hard to to find my own kind of grounding uh, for my own sense of. Of safety and confidence, um, and you know, my brothers worked in uh, entertainment industry, and you know, one thing is um, when you grow up without without a lot of uh, money or the means to present yourself necessarily the way that other kids your age are able to, um, you do you get a little self conscious, you know, yeah. and and so I you do your best with what you have. Um, And I remember you asked me, you're like, yeah, well, I don't, I mean, I care, but like, it's not a big deal. I care about the music. And and to me, I remember when I said to you, I was like, well, if you care about the music so much and you care about how you present that, you know, everything we do, it's not, it's one thing if you're listening to a recording, then of course it's just the music because it's all, you're only, it's only what you're hearing. Yeah. But the reality is that when you have an audience, people are looking at you too. So it's, It's, you know, it it really is all-encompassing. And I remember when I explained it to you, like I'll explain it right now. If you care about how the people listening are going to perceive your music then you should care just as much as how they're going to perceive you performing it, right? So, like I said, if they're going to be able to see you, that is just as important as them being able to hear you.
0: Especially since a lot of people are more visually inclined than orally inclined. And, you know, as a musician, I think sometimes
2: I don't consider that. You know what I mean? Let's face it. In reality, no matter what we do, socially speaking, before you, I mean, socially at a job at a bar at a club at at dinner at a rehearsal at, at anything um, at a concert at any any social situation the first thing humans that are that have their visual capabilities um, before you open your mouth before you are introduced to anybody the f- very first thing when you walk out on stage before an audience before you make a sound the very first thing is, vision, is sight. It's true. You know? So it really does, it really is very important. I mean, when you think about it, how many times when you're at a show, whether it's a pop show, a rock show, whether you're at a classical show, uh, when that soloist, even if you're playing in the orchestra, everybody, when you see that soloist come out and like they have like, if it's a woman, they have on this really awesome dress or uh, you can even hear on stage sometimes in symphonies when like people in the orchestra are like, like, oh, that dress is awesome. Look at those heels. You know, whatever. Yeah, right. Or or like the guy that comes out, the soloist, who's, who's a pianist. And they come out and they're wearing it. They just look so cool and put together. I mean, it really is almost, I mean, to a certain extent, it almost is more important. Not in the end, but initially it's as important, if not more important, the visual aspect. Because that is literally the very first thing yeah. that anybody coming to see you, coming to hear you, That's their first judgment. They don't hear you make a noise. They don't hear you make a sound before you tune. They see you.
0: Because, I mean, most people have use of their eyes.
2: Yeah, exactly. For people, and this, like I said, this is not discriminatory for people who are, are, that's why I said, for humans that are visually capable. You know, it really is important. Um, And, you know, for me, I remember my mother used to always say, like, you know, you might not have the newest, freshest clothes, but you have soap and water, so you can you can clean yourself, you can look presentable, you know? Totally. Um, and so for me, it really is important because um, especially being a big black gay string player, like, there's all those things that everybody, I mean, in the world judges me on anyway, just on a daily basis that I'm used to in my life. And I don't do anything for anybody else's benefit anymore because I don't give up bleep. But, like, the reality is that, like, You know that is something to consider. It really is important. Like I respect the music we're playing, so I respect. I want I want people to want to stare at us. I want I want to want their attention. Yeah, I want us to walk out, and if nothing else, command their attention. Yeah, exactly. That's the first thing. If we look out, if we walk out, we look sharp. People are like, ooh, and they're staring. They can't wait now. You know. So well, like I said, I think it's
0: a huge asset to the group, and appreciate you. Thank you. All right. Uh-oh. Practice is starting. oh yeah, here. band's about to start. Yeah, the dogs are here. Aaron, Adam's been setting up. Uh, so
2: can you just introduce this tune that we're going to listen to? Yeah, you know, you asked me for a tune, and there's a couple, but, you know, people can find the one on Spotify. This one actually is called If I Told You, um, and it's actually a uh, house track that I uh, produced with a friend of mine named Mel Hammond um, back in Chicago before I moved to San Francisco in 2007. Um, And on this track, uh, I am, I wrote the lyrics and I am singing on it. Um, Mel Hammond and I produced the track together. Um, And uh, it kind of is, I feel like it sums up, one, it shows a different side because people can hear me play viola in lots of different places. Um, But it's the first time that I wrote, recorded, uh and performed uh singing yeah. on a track that was actually fully produced um funny thing is we never actually released it anywhere so working on that now we're a premiere yeah i mean yeah. Te- technically
1: actually technically it's exclusive yeah technically yeah. it is
2: uh people have not well, heard We're honored yeah and i'm glad you're gonna play it thanks man it's called right. if i told you um it's a little bit of chicago house this is what i grew up with this style of music um this is what gets me moving this is what i wake up to this is what i listen to in my car this style Um, and uh, it kind of is my personality fantastic
0: well uh, thanks for uh, being on the podcast thanks for having me man Uh, and remember it's not celloist it's cellist
2: true and it's not violaist it's violist